It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday september 21st and you're listening to episode 434 i'm your host jason doing a dumb voice and i'm also here with jason who always has the best voice is super sexy just loving his voice oh yeah oh yeah here i am listen to that (laughs) like butter it's like like butter. It's crazy because you were on like two weeks ago, but you're back because we promised you'd be back in like two weeks. And I honestly thought that wouldn't happen, but then I didn't have another guest. So I was like, well, he's coming back. <laughs> I guess that's it. I am by default. I'm here. Uh, no, we wanted to finish our previous conversation. So that's exciting. absolutely. Yeah. Very, um, very but, looking forward to that. But how's uh, how's how's things going in your uh, neck of the woods, uh, as they say? Things are things are trucking along. My dog is has now been living with us for a month. We officially adopted him since last episode. He's ours. He's so freaking cute. Uh, so freaking cute that he's, dog. He's awesome. He's cute. He's got some puppy in him. He likes to play by like I have this thing and I'm gonna run away from you and try to keep this thing away from you. And every time you come after me, I'm gonna run away from you. And yep. and um yeah and oh you're eating food. I need that food too. And I'm gonna get in your face. <laughs> yep. So you give me that. Yep. Food. Yep. And, but we've taught him uh, right away. He learned to sit. And then now we got him laying down. And we even taught him to shake. He was getting a little bit. He gets When he gets excited, he likes to put his teeth on me like I'm just one of the dogs in his friendship cluster. From right, before. right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he just gives me little hugs with his teeth. And I don't like that. So working on that. With well, I mean, who who would like that? Yeah, right. So I'm trying to like uh, uh, overstimulate his brain with teaching him things uh, to wear him out and taking him on walks, <laughs> and, uh, which is cool because I've been listening. I've been getting caught up on some podcasting, not gaming podcasts, but I've been listening to my friends podcasts that are going through uh, and listening to all the the 90s modern rock billboard number ones for after Kurt Cobain died. And each week they talk about a different song and it's great. Wow. It's called tell me all your thoughts on pod. Get it? Like, that's good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Really good podcast. Uh, and then I just started listening to a, a fiction podcast called the left, right game. It's uh okay. I was told like I looked up like books to read if you like stranger things. And this was a recommendation, the podcast. And it's like, uh, 30 minute episodes of like uh it's kind of like a serial type there's a woman who is trying to get a story for her public radio show this sounds a lot like uh sarah kennig but um and she goes out with this ghost hunter on this journey kind of this this paranormal investigator uh so so far that's kind of cool to listen to while i'm walking the dog sounds fun yeah uh i've only played a game and it was terrible. Uh, my kids were fine with it, but it was Uno Roland Wright. Um, yeah, I was really bummed to hear you say that that sucked. Yeah, I mean, like, so when I read the rules, I was like, oh, there's a cute idea in there. But, like, just some of the exceptions weren't, like, explained, you know, like, in mm, the rules. Yeah. And then it's, like, you take turns, and it's a race. But, like, the first one to get to the end of this chain is the winner. So, like... Mm-hmm. technically like if you're first you're off and running before everybody else that comes back to your turn you right. can finish with yeah. them so like it felt like a really weird thing to have in a game that they probably printed twenty thousand copies of or whatever you know right, right. um 
but it, but was it sold six. itself because it said uno <laughs> yeah and it, and, it, and it was six bucks and like my kids played it on their own a couple days later and they were fine with it because they didn't see the problems you know like uh right right yeah, yeah that happens the other thing I did was I went uh, discount grocery shopping. Do you have Ollie's? Have we talked about No, O L L I E. No, no. That sounds like you went to McDowell's to get a big Mick. Yes. You know what exactly, I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> so it's like this um, it's like a it's like a TJ Maxx for like overstock stuff. But okay, it's, cool. It's I'll go like, there. Yeah, that sounds great. Down homey. Like it's just it's weird. You know, like they have a lot of books and they have a lot of whatever. Every year or like every couple times a year, maybe, um, they do like a big board game buyout where they get a bunch of overstock board games. And I always like to pick around, uh, seeing what they have. And I got Torres, which is a Kramer and Keesling Spiel de Jar winner from IDW. Wow, wow. For nine dollars. And then I got a Cathala and Faduti game, the classic, uh, the new version from Cool Mid You're Not of uh, Queen's Necklace uh, oh, wow. for, for $6. And then uh, like an accent selection game called Flock from AEG for $6. Like, yeah, that one, that looked interesting. To yeah, me. I, had cute, I saw I had you post cover. that picture. Yeah, so I was just like, well, I, I try not to buy too many games these days because my shelves are overflowing, but uh, with unplayed games. But, uh, I knew that the Kramer and Kiesling Spiel of Jar winner is like an abstract strategy game. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll play this. Right. Yeah, that's and your jam. Queen's Necklace is a, is a classic. So uh, and it was it had the Brunos. So I had to pick it up for six bucks. So got to get the Brunos. Yep. Yep. So I continue to buy games and not play them. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, I'm a patron of the arts. I tell you. Right. My <laughs> wife and I have been getting back into playing games at night after the kids go to bed. So like we've what do we play lately? We played. Some more Yam Slam because we just love that and it's yeah. easy to play. Uh, we played uh, Catan uh, Dice, which is a it's it's an old school roll and write game, right? Like oh, yeah. it's been Catan around Dice for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, I mean, it's it's easy to play, right? I mean, like you roll the dice, you it's Yahtzee style rolling, and you're trying to build Catan stuff. Yeah. Um, and you have to do it kind of in a certain order, but you've got a lot of choices and uh. And the game is super fun. And then the last one we played was uh, Rolling America, which I know you're oh, a big fan yeah. of that one. Yeah, yeah. that one's cool. Um, and, and it's funny because so we've only played that game twice. Uh, okay. And we because um, we haven't had it for a long time. And, you know, I'm notorious for buying games and not playing them. Um, so we 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 played it and we I just grabbed the same score sheets and gave us our original score sheets, but didn't really pay attention to them because they're two sided score sheets for the and right part. Oh, yeah. So we finished it. And we're like, oh, I feel like we did pretty good. And I was like, I only had like six. Um, I had like six uh, X's, which were things I couldn't fill in by the end of the game. Yeah. Our states I couldn't write in. And I felt all right about that. And Steph had like seven. Uh, we flip it over. Uh, the first time I played it, I had 14 X's. <laughs> like 14. I was like, wow. oh, my gosh, I was so wow. bad. Um, and Steph had like 16 or 17. So we improved a lot. Um, now that game was fun. Uh, we also played, uh, recently flip city, uh, which has oh, been so yeah. long. We haven't played that in so long that when I brought it out and said to my wife, like, let's play this. I, I know we'll need to brush up on the rules because it's been a while. She said, I've never seen that game before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we, there was like a good few months where we played it constantly about two years ago. Um, yeah. and then even as she started playing, I'm like, doesn't this, doesn't this feel familiar now? She's like, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> I was like, all right. Wow. Um, 
I did not. I, it's fun, but I did not enjoy it as much this time around as I did when we were playing it previously, which oh, I thought was interesting. Yeah, I wonder why um, that was. It, it wasn't like a camel up where like every time I played it, I enjoyed it a little less than the first time, like because the magic started to wear off. Like this was just like it just wasn't as thrilling as like the, that game for some reason, like felt really good when you were like build up a bunch of stuff and then lose it all. And this this time around, like, I don't know if I was playing differently, but it just it just felt different. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I, we were playing the rules correctly. I just our strategies may have been different. Um, so anyways, yeah, it was uh, it was still a lot of fun, though. I still really enjoyed it. It just wasn't what I remembered for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember then, Lisa and I played that a bunch, too, when it first came out. And I haven't thought about it in a long time. So I might have to give that a revisit because I remember we we liked it. I think that like we, we played it a bunch, too. I think it was just easy to get into right. and like the the clever twist on the deck builder thing or. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we actually have another version I want to try called Flip uh, Flip City Wilderness. Oh, OK. And it's like a country version where there's like um, you know campgrounds and stuff like that. And uh it's just it's different. They they it was cool because they basically took the original game and gave it a twist, right? Yeah. Um so yeah. And then today in the mail, I got I'm so stoked. Uh today in the mail, I got Marvel United. Oh uh, yeah. The first shipment, uh, which has of course been in stores for a bit with the COVID thing. They still shipped it to stores while they were trying to get it to the backers, which I, I you know, some people get really mad about that. Like, and I used to be one of those, I used to be some people, um, but now, uh, being in the industry, like I get it. Like, you know, people can complain all they want about people outside of Kickstarter getting it first. But the thing is like, you have to sell your game, right? Like you need the money to sell your game. Um, and, uh, the other thing I think with that, like is with that game, especially if you bought it on Kickstarter, it doesn't matter that you got it later because you got it better. Like, cause right. the game is like, I got what I got in the mail was the base game that you're going to get at retail. Um, and there were six heroes and three villains. So there were nine miniatures in the game to begin with. Right. Okay. And then the boards, the cards and stuff. Um, and there are three villains. So like you can play it three different ways and all these different hero choices. Uh, but in the, uh, um, like in the next box I'm getting, there's probably 20 more heroes and villains. Mm. Like, because there were so many from stretch goals. Um, but they did a good job. Like the lineup is, uh, I enjoy the lineup for the uh, inbox version because it's uh it's a good male to female ratio. It's not just like a bunch of dudes and like, you know, and then like black widow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, it's got, if I remember it's got Iron Man, Cap, Hulk, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Wasp, and Ant-Man. So it actually has seven heroes and three villains. So it has 10 miniatures. And the, the villains are Red Skull, Ultron, and Taskmaster, which no doubt Taskmaster was probably a force ad because of Taskmaster being the villain in the upcoming Black Widow movie, which ah. should have been out already, but isn't yet because of everything. Okay. Um, But like almost anyone you could ask for is in the Kickstarter expansions. Like there's a whole Thanos set. Um, the only thing I didn't get that I really wanted was, uh, was a Coulson, uh, hero, uh, Phil Coulson. But other than that, like all of like, literally like you name a comic book character you've heard of and it's probably in the, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Right. right. Yeah, how got, many they have. Huge. 
Oh, is this a yeah. game like it's a skirmish game? Is it right? Like a battle kind of head to head combat-y card driven yeah. thing or something? So you could be able to play a... it with with Isaiah. Or is you it mean Josiah? I'm, Josiah. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it sounds the same. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, people call Laurel Lauren all the time. Yeah, so, right. Um, Just whatever. No. Um, anyways, that's uh, your family in, in another dimension <laughs> is Isaiah yeah, and Lauren. Yes, Isaiah and Lauren. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um. Of course, in that in that I'm the female and my name is Jennifer. Oh, of course. That's what my parents said they would have named me. Uh, maybe my <laughs> maybe my wife is Stephen. Stephen, awesome. Jennifer, Isaiah, and Lauren. They're a wonderful family. They're great. In, in, They're the best. Uh, we all have goatees in that version, of course, because we're the evils. But oh yeah. Um, you know, anyways, uh, so the way Marvel United works is everyone's on a team and you're trying to take out a bad guy, right? So it looks like a more polished version of sentinels of the multiverse like mm. to where like you're all on a team right um but what happens is you'll draft a card you'll have a handful of four up to four cards you will play a card and that card will have actions on it uh and the actions are a bit more simplified than they were in like a game like sentinels right it's like you have basically three actions you could take or um some form of abilities right and it's going to be some combination of those actions which are like move attack or power like power move which is okay. like your or action or something which is like some cool thing you get to do as your character um and then you get like wild tokens so you can do oh it's heroic action is what it's called um and you're trying to clear certain like certain threats and once you clear two of the three threats um then you can go after the boss um and yeah and so you'll be chasing the boss around this board and the board is all these like square like square tiles that are okay. like uh probably five by five we'll say um and you're so you're going to these different locations um and it's just it's it's not doesn't look highly complex um but they also have rules in there to make it harder if you want to like you know play with just like adults but like i like the idea of having like the easier version where it's like with the kids and they can play yeah that's my plan is that josiah and laurel will play with us okay uh because we can just help like oh you don't know what to do we'll do this card then you know um yeah Sweet. So yeah, it, that sounds good. Yeah, it looks like fun. Someday, when things aren't stupid, we can play it together. It yeah, right? Fun. We could, Yeah, hanging out and playing games with friends. Who'd have thought that that was a thing that was like going to be unavailable for such a long time? Right, right. I, speaking of say, I built my first game in, in Tabletop Simulator. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Ex- I, I was so excited, though, man. Like, yeah, I don't cool. like tabletop simulator, but it's a tool that we have to have. Right. Like we have to use tabletop simulator. Sure. We just don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, And uh, so I built uh, we have amnesia in there, which is the old mustachioed. Yep. Um, And uh, it's completely playable now, like in there. Like I got all the questions loaded and I got all the I got 16 cards loaded in with artwork and stuff and like. Uh, and it's really cool to see it in the game. Like I yeah. put that in there. Like I took a lot of help. Like I, uh, I was able to tutorial myself through getting the picture, the face cards in, but the question cards, there were a lot of them. And I was like, I can't do this manual. I'll be doing this for, for hours. Ah. Um, so I asked Neil, I'm like, what do you use? He's like, I use component studio. And I was like, ah, grumble, grumble. Um, so I said, Kelly Hoagland, what do you use? And he said, I use component studio. And I was like, grumble, grumble. Like, come on guys. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, why do you and Neil use this so much? He's like, cause we're both coders. Like this yeah. is easy for us. So Kelly walked me through it, uh, through the steps to, to do it. And I can now like functionally like create a card, merge a deck and do all that stuff in component studio. 
So they have me on the hook for $9.99 a month now. Um, yeah, so that's good. cool. Sweet. Um, good for GameCrafter. Uh, but <laughs> it is nice because it kicks a file right out to um, to TTS. Like it just kicks it out in the format. You just upload it and ingest it and it's it's there. It's great. That's, that's so, great. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So that was really helpful. It's worth the cost of admission to be able to do that without having to... Um, you make a CSV file basically and just upload it that way rather than having to make every card... Uh, but that was exciting because now I have a game there. I'm going to try and put a couple more games out there so that I can play test them. I I have other prototypes out there, but the des- the co-designer has done it on all of them because okay. I've been too stupid to do it. Um, probably honestly too lazy because they all were like, oh, I know how to do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, whereas One now I was like, I have to do this myself. So I'm going to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I did. I'm capable. That's I'm good enough. Man. I'm smart enough. You're a leader. Some people like me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that was to me to trying to sound cool, but it didn't really. It just sounded like I'm a loser. One day, uh, one day you'll get there. No, I won't. I won't. So, so you want to be a publisher, don't you? No, uh, you don't. Who <laughs> I do? <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I'm in deep, but not so, as deep as I was at one time. Yeah, it's true. So last time you were on the show. Uh, we talked about, so I, just to recap a little bit in case you missed that episode, but I'll make it brief in case you didn't miss that episode. Um, so we talked a little bit about me wanting to create some games, uh, and some of which I've already created that I want to put out there, um, that I can sell in the hobby game market as their own little thing. Uh, but then also that I can, um, take and use for coaching and leadership development and things like that. Uh, the first one that I'm going to do that with is called Opposite is Opposite. I've talked about it plenty on the show. It's just a word game where you're uh, saying the opposite of a word, but the word isn't simple. It's like a confusing word, so there's no clear-cut opposite. And then you're going back and forth trying to guess which words you're looking for. Um, and it's it's designed to, to show teams how to communicate and kind of the pitfalls and stuff. But really, you can play without any of that BS, right? <laughs> and it's just a fun party game. Um, I mean BS in like a good way because it's not BS, but you know what I mean? Like you don't have to have all the rigmarole around the game. You could just play the game. Um, but anyways, uh, so we talked a bit through on what to do about that um, and came up with some ideas. And one of the things we had talked about was really just going the boutique route and like making it my making, you know, putting the game together myself and doing all this stuff. Um, and I really was pretty sold on that until I started doing some research, right? Oh, research. Um, research is stupid. It gets you so in trouble. here's the thing. I started doing research and it was going smashingly. Like I was able for a few dollars a game to get all of the components together. And I was like, this is great. And then I needed a box. Ah. And of course, the worst thing in the world you could ever need for a board game is a box <laughs> because boxes are awful. Uh, awfully expensive is what they are. Um, so did you go to the place I told you to? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, and they they had some boxes. It, I just I'm just too picky. I just I want it to be like a normal game box. Uh, That's what I want. Then it's not boutique. Um, See, what, I know what makes know. it boutique is like how it stands out uniquely and has its own like flavor, like in a clamshell box, like Cambridge Games used to do, or in a wallet, like Button Shy, or in like World Champ Games is these these like pizza box, fully printed looking little mini, you know, those foldable things. Right, right, yeah, and you know what? Good for all of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not as cool as they are. It turns out 
I want to be punk rock, but I kind of want to be like pop punk, like bubblegum oh, punk. Oh, no. Like, you know, I don't want to be like, you know. You want to be like uh, Fallout Boy and not like uh, scared of Chaka? <laughs> I want to be like, I want to be like rancid, but probably not Operation Ivy. <laughs> You know what I mean, like, <laughs> like I want to be the lighter version of those two. I feel like Rancid is lighter. Maybe I'm wrong. You're the punk guy, but uh, I don't know. I feel I feel like Rancid to me. Like when I hear songs like Ruby Soho, it sounds more like I could hear that like on like an alternative rock station. Totally. Whereas like you know like when I think about like uh, most of the songs that I've heard from Operation Ivy, it's a lot of screaming. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I love them. I'm not saying that bad. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about this. And no, you it's keep great. giving me these really weird looks <laughs> as I review punk albums. I love it. Like I love talking about punk rock right now. That one is came out. That uh, Operation Ivy album was recorded like 1989. So the production of Outcome wow. of Wolves was nearly, you know, what is that? I guess that was 10 years later at that point, like nine, late 98, 99. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's a difference there. I could see why one sounds more polished and appropriate for the radio than not, but that's fine. Yeah, and I don't. I love them both, but anyway. So what I'm saying is, like, I found with myself, <laughs> yes, that what I need is to make something more polished. Um, so I, I was talking to some different people. I happened to talk to, um, I was, I was actually doing a game design session with Banana Chan. I was like, hey, wait a minute, you like print games too? Like, where do you print games? And so we talked a little bit about that, and it happened to be that. When I was talking about opposite is opposite, I was like, oh, but I need these components and these things. And she's like, we had those in our last game. She was like, mm. they're not they, like they can do that. Like, so, so I'm going to at least talk to some public, to some printers. Okay. And see um, what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I want to have all the options on the table. Um, and I want to really like, you know, um, like if I could just order a bunch of like the boxes that I want like at a cheap rate and by ordering like a thousand of them, I would totally do that. Yeah. What did you find? Like, were they like four or five bucks for the boxes you want? Yeah. Like at the minimum run, at five the bucks, which yeah. literally more yeah. than doubled the price of the yep. game. Yeah. The like, yep. I could do like three bucks for everything, but the box. Yeah. Yeah. And the boxes that I had in mind that make, they're definitely like more punk rock or you can get them for like a hundred of them for like a buck a piece or, you know, or two bucks a piece, you know? So it's like, it's like a third of that or, right. or less or a fifth and of that, that price is, totally acceptable right like, but it just wasn't the um, style that that you we yeah. didn't it didn't connect with you that's cool we well, didn't connect with me and my goals for this specific project sure right sure like because the other thing is like punk rock is cool for for some things punk rock isn't necessarily the greatest like it's punk rock enough that i'm walking into a boardroom and saying let's play a party game I don't need it to look like it's in a homemade box, right? And I mean that in the nicest way, but like I, I wanted to people to see that and think, oh, this is a real, like, this is a published game Jason bought from somewhere. And then like, oh, wait, no, he made this game? Whoa, that's cool, right? Um, does that make sense? Whereas if I was I, selling it at a convention, I, I would be fine with a punk rock box. So it's your it's it's about, the introduction. It's of about the, business the perception, side. huh? I I don't know. I haven't been in enough boardrooms, but like I can't imagine that being a real response that anybody in a boardroom would have if you brought in a box. Um, I can. You can. I've been in enough boardrooms to tell you that. Well, because here's the thing: you have to remember, like, I'm this outside person coming in. I'm many times. I mean, I'm I'm 41, but I many times I'm younger than like your executives, right? Like, sure. and they still look at me, and oh, I'm a I'm a youthful looking guy, and they still look at me, and they're like, 
hey, look at that guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's just this young punk, right? And now he's got this, like, board game he made, like, at yeah. home, right? Like, where I'm like, hey, look at this, you know, in, in general, like, it would be no different than me, like, being like, oh, I printed these sheets off on, like, the thinnest paper ever for this information for you. Or, oh, hey, I laminated these nice sheets for you to take away from there, right? Hmm. Or I made these little business card takeaway things you can use. Like, that stuff levels you up kind of in like what they expect you as a consultant, right? Because even though I'm different than a consultant, I mean, I do some consulting, but for the most part, I'm doing the coaching stuff. Yeah. Um, People still see me as a consultant. And with like your top consultants, you expect super polished stuff, right? Okay. That's just what they expect, right? Sure. So I know this is not stuff you're into. Um, no, that's But fine. anyway, also probably not stuff the builders are into. So sorry about that, friends. Um the uh yeah so anyways so that stuff aside that was kind of your update but also you know some what's going on with this stuff yeah so the next half of what i want to do um and i actually ready for this i registered my dba for my business what for the publishing side i actually registered two but i'm only going to talk about the one tonight okay i'm not going to talk about the coaching one because that one might not stay awesome that my name might change but i registered a dba uh, for random and right games is the name of the, is the name of the DBA that I'll publish under. Nice. Um, so the whole thing is going to be focused on games that are random and right games, right? So like something and right, well, there's roll and right. Um, and initially I plan to do the most of those publishing as like, like I'll, I'll do short run Kickstarters and, or I will do them mostly print and pl- like mostly like you buy them and then you download them you okay. supply your own dice or whatever yeah, right yeah um you know i'm working on i'm working on one right now that i'm i'm happy with how it's coming along um but it's it still needs a lot of work um you know and i uh it, that one for instance it's like 18 cards um so you'd be easy to print download and cut up and then like the 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 roll and write sheet uh, and then a couple player markers, and that's literally the entire game. Um, Sweet. So um, yeah, and that is a that is is a run and write game, uh, which I'll talk more about later. Uh, not I won't talk about it on this episode, uh, but I will <laughs> pitch an episode uh, upcoming. Okay. It's just not to the point where I'm ready to pitch it yet. Um, and because I'm actually probably going to publish it, I would like it to be to a point where it is you know more uh, more pitchable uh, rather than just a random idea. Uh, actually, it's funny because I actually talked about it on the show at one point when I almost entered into a contest for Button Shy. So ah. if you want to go back and figure out when that was, builders, <laughs> if you don't remember, you're welcome to find it. Uh, but I, I don't even remember who I pitched there. it to. I pitched yeah. it to a, a guest who was on when we were talking about it. So, yeah. But anyways, so so I'm trying to like, so this is what I want to talk about around this, like, So this is a bit of a different animal, right? Like this one, these can be a little more punk rock, right? Um, You know, that said, like it it really, I think the determining factor is going to be, am I going to get more than a thousand of them printed, right? Because if I, from the the printer I've been looking at, um, if I print at least a thousand copies, then it's it's worth printing with them. If I don't, then it's not, right? Yeah. Yeah. so, which is pretty typical. I mean, I know it's a thousand, you know, usually it's 1500 plus, I think is kind of from what I've heard from some others. And I think maybe that some others were you. I'm not. Yeah. Like I, I could do 1500, but I feel like it always just makes sense to do. I've never done less than 2000. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
I just don't know what to expect. So I don't want to put myself in a position to where I have 1950 games sitting around and in an unhappy family uh, who's like, why do you have all these boxes everywhere? Dad and husband. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so what I'm trying to wrap my head around with this one is this is kind of like, I'm going to, can I just talk through my thought process? Sure. And then like, kind of work through there just so that because you're going to have a bunch of questions i'm sure or lots of telling me why i'm dumb which both of those are awesome um so <laughs> so first of all like I, what i'm thinking i want to do is i want to have these games i want to present them on kickstarter with a very low funding goal like just basically i want to put them on kickstarter to drum up some like the, the real main thing is to put them on kickstarter to drum up some like advertisement for it right yeah and to drum up some early sales um so what I'm torn about is I can easily put them on there as print and play only. Um, and print and play, you provide your own parts. Um, uh, and um, like, so here, there's three options I see. There's print and play only where it's like you buy the game for like four bucks on Kickstarter. Something something very cheap, right? Yeah. Buy that game. You download it. You provide your own whatever, dice or whatever. And then you play the game. Uh, two would be... Um, same thing, except for that. I also have some custom pieces made and maybe some, some special dice or something like a couple of custom dice or some custom player markers. Right. And I can buy those in bulk and then I can sell those as like an add on on the Kickstarter. Right. Okay. And those are super cheap to ship because then I'm only shipping like maybe it's the cards yeah, or maybe it's, you know, some custom dice or whatever, or, you know, you, you get what I mean. Or the third option is that I have print and play that you can buy or produced game. Like, so those I'm kind of wavering between like the, obviously the online print and play option will happen for sure. Cause that's the easiest, cheapest way to produce it because all I have to do is pay for the stuff and put it on Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, I don't have to actually print anything and pay to print the things other than maybe sending some copies to reviewers and such. Yeah. Um, and then so the really the second thing is trying to decide about the just add-on pieces or full printing because the add-on pieces don't need the box, which is the key, right? The box is kind of the crux of what makes it more expensive. Um, yeah. So, w- what do you think of that rambling? Yeah. Um. I mean, just my gut reaction is like the middle option doesn't seem that exciting to me. Like. I don't want to get an envelope with just some loose bits in it. Like if I'm going to pledge for something like put them in a baggie, man. Yeah. Well, I want it. I want it contained. <laughs> right. Like, um, I don't, I have enough boxes laying around that I don't have room for like loose things or I don't want to take a time to have to create my own, but I'm not a print and play gamer either. You know, like I don't do funny that. enough. I generally don't either. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, I know a lot of people do. So, I think that if you want to go that route, like, there's a community of people that love that. That you probably need to look at their habits and ask them questions and their preferences. You know, there was like a big PNP uh, forum on Board Game Geek that I I think I was a subscriber to for a while. Like, what did you build this month? Kind of, kind of threads. You know, like you kind of get a feel for who's out there doing that stuff, and then. Uh, doesn't Tagmire have a new another company, the the P and P Arcade? Yeah, P and P Arcade. And my my ultimate thought would be that wherever else I would probably also sell them on my website. Like I will make a random and write games website. Um yeah. 
And, uh, um, but like, I would also probably want to just sell them on PMP arcade because I could yep. like, you know, you I mean, could as also long, do... assuming they were good enough, he would let me. And I know that they would be, I mean, he let us put our last game up there. I'm sure I could work out a deal on that. So, yeah, there's like, uh, another one that where you, it's kind of like, a it's itch.io or something like that. Have you, have you seen that? Oh, one? itch.io. Yeah. Itch.io. Yeah, itch.io yeah. yeah. Uh, that's another, um, option where you can sell files for whatever, you know, um, so like I, I think that that's can't couldn't you even set it up as a game on the game crafter if it's just you know what I mean if people wanted to go there and print out a PDF and have it shipped to them like then then you can put the same files like on all these different storefronts where there's different yeah, audiences yeah, yeah. Um, I, that I would consider I thought you meant just do that as the main source and like I could do that if I didn't want to sell any copies but like no <laughs> no offense that's actually a compliment to the game crafter and saying they have so much content yeah. but unless you're advertising it or pushing it or they are for you for some reason the chances that people are just going to stumble on it and buy a bunch of it like I, I, there's right. a community for that but again that community is looking at the same stuff together right and I'm yeah. not part of that community and I I I don't want to sell there bad enough to become part of that community. Not because they're not cool. I'm sure they're great, but it's a lot of work, right? It's just yeah, a totally. lot of time to invest in that to make a handful of sales possibly. And you, know? you can only spread yourself in so many different directions. Right, right. And I would rather sell it on my own and do this other thing, right? I mean, that's yeah. that feels yeah. a little better to me. So I feel like what has to happen is like... I. I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say I want to make it a print and play or I want to make it a game or like to unlock it as a game or have these different options um, available. Like if you want to have a really low goal, I don't know how you get to the big goal that's enough to print it. You know what I mean? Um, so that that's the thing, right? Like I want to make I want these Kickstarters to 100% succeed, right? Because yeah. like this is just like like so a couple of reasons here one i just want to publish these games because i think they're fun uh you know i think the world could use more of them uh two um i really um just like i i want to build the brand out there right and like the super easiest low-key way to build the brand is to do short run small kickstarters that don't involve me like needing thousands of dollars to do what i need to do right yeah um so, but the other thing to remember too, is that like, if I'm, if I'm ordering, let's say a thousand copies from, from a publisher in China and the game literally has like 20 components, like I can probably get those made for less, you know, like sub two bucks a copy. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, shipping. Right. Right. Um, shipping to get it to me from China. Yeah. Yeah, because I would absolutely do after the well, after no, no. the fact, I, no, after I, the fact I mean, shipping like, to get it to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ship the after. I, I would, yeah. I would do that because I've just seen a, a trend in that now. People right. seem pretty accepting of it. Um, and why just say free shipping? Like if you like if you don't have to, right? Plus, right. there's the the thing is where Kickstarter doesn't get to take their bite out of it, out of the shipping portion, right? Yeah. Um, because people aren't paying that ahead of time. They're paying it after. And, you know, I was like, well, what if people don't pay shipping, right? Like, what if they just ignore it? And uh, I don't know, some publisher was like, well, then you just don't send them the game. It's that simple. And I was like, but they paid for the game. And they're like, yeah, but like, you can't do anything if they won't follow the agreement you've made. So like, 
worst case scenario, right? I mean, is that the process? That's what I've been told by other publishers is kind of the process. Like if you don't, like if they don't have a way to refund your money, what, what do they do? What do you mean if they don't? They have a way to refund their money. Oh, you, can you refund them through Kickstarter even oh, after absolutely. the fact? absolutely, yeah. Oh, great, yeah. okay. Yeah. Awesome, totally. even better, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is- You have a credit card on file before you can like run a Kickstarter so they know that like if you owe a refund, like what they're going to charge it to, kind of a thing. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I get yep. you. Because like, so what, what, what I'm saying is you're never on the hook, right? Because like- um, if you do shipping after the fact and they don't want to pay shipping, you don't have to send them the game. It's not like somehow like you budgeted shipping wrong and now we're getting screwed on that, right? Like yep. they just don't get the game. And sure, if you have to refund them, you refund them. That's fine. But like you're not out any money. You just um, you have yeah. to you'd have to ensure that you have a copy of that game left over for them when they remember, oh, I forgot to pay for shipping for this after the fact. Because, I mean, I did that a couple times. Right. Uh, like, I was like, oh, why haven't I gotten this game yet? People are showing up on Twitter with them. And I'm like, oh, I never went to Backer Kit and filled out the survey. That sounds uh, like you. Yeah. Uh, well, it was actually interesting what Mar- what Marvel United did, which I thought was pretty cool, was they said, you have till this date to, to do fill in shipping and pay for it, or we're just refunding your money and you've lost out. Wow. Yeah. Like, because... They didn't want to deal with Have that. Clean after, up like, the individual a month, yeah, Chase, six yeah. months after the fact. Yeah, right. And they had like you know thirty thousand backers or something ridiculous like that, right? So I mean, they or I think it was more than that, but yeah. So totally, yeah. That's that's hard when it gets into that because that's just like I don't know devalues the people who are supporting the project and say we don't have time to mess around with you know like I I get it. It's the reality of doing business, but it just like. It's such a big grindy machine when you when you have well, to say stuff like that when it gets so big that it, that's the kind of decisions it, I mean, you have to make. But think about it, right? Yeah. Like they probably sent out five reminders in that like I think it was a three month period. Okay. Like if you can't be bothered to get those five reminders, like sure. You clearly don't want the game. And yes, something catastrophic could have went wrong, right? But like they can't make all their rules based on catastrophic stuff going wrong. Right. I mean, that seems fair to not expect people to do that. I think that's the only way to do things on Kickstarter is to plan for the worst possible things to happen from the beginning. But yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Let's that's the that. No, so, me. Sorry. Um, but no. So what I was thinking about was like, um, so yeah, so I could certainly go like, the, the the punk rock way of doing it the the problem is like you kind of have to know that before you do the kickstarter right um like you have you i can't be like i mean i guess you could be like if we get more than this much money then bonus you all get an upgraded game because i'm gonna get it printed offshore and it's gonna be brilliant if not you get a hand put together game right i mean that's not a big selling point i mean you would probably think that was cool and you'd be ticked that i went and got the thing because you wanted the punk rock <laughs> version but no, um, you know, no, I mean, that's the um, I mean, you could be clear about that at the beginning, like, hey, this is how we're going to do this. If we get to a certain point, I want to have I want to make a small amount. But if I if something goes crazy out of my control with this, then we will switch to traditional printing and you charge the same price either way. You're going to make less money, obviously, if you're going to have to hand put them together and make 100 copies like per unit than you are if you end up having to print them in China. 
but like right um it's a it's a safety net we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna make you know a hundred of these if we get to the minute we get to you know i guess it ha- it'd have to be like we're gonna we'll, we'll do we'll we're willing to put together 199 of these if i can get to 200 <laughs> yeah you know if i get to 200 right. we're printing them in china because i can't well you know, do that. And then you just do your best to, to make them um, look good. And you hope that you're going to, um, you know, fund like crazy. But uh, I'm seeing less and less options like that. And I think there is like the part about like, if you don't believe in your product enough that you can't put up your $10,000 goal and like really go for it then like people don't take you as seriously, you know, like, right. Um, yeah. Like, unless you're going that. the opposite, just like, nah, I just want to do a hundred. Cause it's a passion project. But if you're trying to do a thing, then like, it's the same thing as like going to your meeting with a shiny box versus going with a pizza box kind of idea. Right. You know, like, yeah. I think that, uh, I see that more so on Kickstarter than I would. Cause I think about like, but would have got a John Maxwell leadership video cassette case. It would have come in like a, ha- a hand folded, you know, like cheaper print. It wouldn't have looked like going to Best Buy and buying the hottest box set, anything, you know, would have looked like a business thing, but that's just an old school thing in my brain. But like Kickstarter and and like game fans are the ones who expect the high quality components and production. Right. Right. Um, Well, so, but I, I mean, I guess thinking about it this way, I could set a goal of say $3,000, right? knowing that if we just hit $3,000, I would have to kick in maybe another one or $2,000 to make that get printed offshore, right? Sure. Um, For a thousand copies. And then just decide to be okay with that, right? Like, because I mean, if if I'm okay with that, right? I mean, I'm, again, this is the business. If I have business funds to pay for that, then that's not a big deal, right? And hey, if it turns out the Kickstarter does enough to get that five grand and cover it, um, then cool, right? Um, yeah. Like, for instance, that was my original plan with uh, Waterboom Washout was to get five grand uh, and then maybe put in another two or so um, and um, and use that to print it, right? Like, so I'd put in my own couple grand and, and do it, right? And instead, I w- at the last minute, I got scared and I put it to seven. And that game made like $7,010. Yeah. And I truly believe... That if I'd put it at five thousand and it would have funded a week earlier, it probably would have ended around like seven to eight because it would have funded earlier and had more steam pushing towards stretch goals and things like that, right? Um, but it didn't, and uh, so because of that, that was a problem, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I I also don't want to put it at like a. Five hundred or a thousand dollar goal, hit that, and then be on the hook for four grand. Like I, I don't, I don't want to spend that much money on it. Uh, if it's going to be that way, I'm just going to do the PNP game, and that's it, and not offer anything else. You know what I mean? Right. But I, as a game designer, I'm a sucker for like, I'm a sucker for a box. For uh, Daniel Solis used to say, you know, for my name on a box, right? Like I want my name on a box, right? Like that feels good as a designer. I mean, I actually have in my new office that I'm in now. Um, you can't see it, builders, and neither can you actually, Jason, because you pointed the wrong way. But like I have this extra shelf on my desk, and it's got all of my published games that are out right now, except for Beavers Be Damned. I'm waiting for that to come in the mail. And um, and like my son came in and said, Well, Dad, why did you do that? And I said, Well, I said, it's not to show off. It's not like look at all my games. I said, it's so that when I'm sitting here in front of my computer, 
struggling with a prototype and wanting to not do it, that I can look over there and say, that's, that's where this game could end up sitting yeah. on that shelf with my other games. And that for me is motivating because like, I love games. I love games in boxes. And when they're my games in boxes, it's even cooler because totally. I did that. Right. Yeah, like I yeah. helped with that. Um, and I'm so stoked about it. Um, so for me, you know, I've said a long time ago, like if somebody said you can keep designing games, but you will never get another game published. I would stop designing games. It's not about the money. It's not about the name recognition. It's about putting something out there that people can enjoy and like having it be valued. Um, and part of that process for me is it getting put in a box and put out there. Right. Yep. So that was so, a little side sidestep there, but yeah, So I feel like you just like got me to your questions answer. Like this, <laughs> this can't be just like a, a little print and play, whatever that can be one delivery mode. Um, I mean, I think you're, I think the audience that is willing to craft their own games is way smaller than the audience that like wants to support a game on Kickstarter. Unless it's in that like small boutique, like RPG kind of world, you know? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So that's my thoughts for you, man. It's like, figure out how to just do it. If you're going to do it, you know, like if yeah, you could, I mean that, yeah, you're going to put money into art too. That's an upfront cost. You're going to put money into promotion. That's an upfront cost that you got to come up with. And then you got to decide what your goal is based on that. But I mean, you're talking about a roll and write game. It's going to be 10 or 15 bucks. Um, I, it, the average used to be like, you want to be able to make sure you can fund it at 300 backers, right? So if right, right, if it's 15 bucks, huh, what's that? 4,500 dollars? If if uh, yeah, uh, right, yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's up. To, that's up to uh, can do you think you can do that? You think you can get 300 people to come in and pay 15 bucks for a game that's you know, and then yeah, charge I mean, shipping afterwards. Three hundred doesn't sound that scary. Like three hundred actually yeah. sounds like I could do that. Like I mean, um, yeah, I'm not super That's, worried about that. That that is typically the number I have in my head for my funding goals. Can I right. with if I hit three hundred backers, can I pay for the game, pay for the artwork? Maybe not the artwork. Like maybe the artwork I I consider a sunk cost, like or a marketing cost, or I hit that in the next one or two stretch goals, I get my investment back. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 But if, if I can get to my funding goal and, um, to print 2000 or even 1500, sometimes I base it on 1500, even though the per price per unit isn't better. Um, then I'm good to go. And some games it's been just based on like the quotes that I've gotten for how much it's going to cost to print them. Mm-hmm. It beca- it's like more of a um I, i'd have to hit 400 backers right right um, no i remember kind of the first thing. kickstarter you showed me where you had to hit 500 and i was like dude dude that's a lot of backers and then you well, i don't remember what game it was but you crushed it on it uh it might have been best treehouse ever or rocky road i don't remember but like yeah you blew past it i remember I but prob- I, I just remember i was probably feeling, like, feeling cocky it was probably earlier on because i was feeling cocky about like Fidelitas doing a thousand and then kick my second game treehouse best treehouse ever doing 2000 right off the bat. And it's like, okay, well I can certainly hit 500. 
uh, to do this. Right, right. And so, I remember being like, oh, man, that's a, having come off my Kickstarter where I was like, oh, this is really hard. Like, be careful. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean, that was my, that's my challenge was my constraint is that I do these little games that don't have a margin, you know, and I put them in a small box. Some of my games could have been in a bigger box with the same amount of components inside and I could have charged twice as much for them. Um, but that just didn't feel like what I wanted to do. So like it made it harder. Right, right. So like it made, it made it way harder to get to those goals if I'm doing it 20 bucks at a time instead of 40 bucks at a time. So I left money on the table to be, I don't know, whatever true to my vision or my brand that I had, you know, what my goal, what I set out to do. Um, so you just got, you got to think about that kind of stuff too. Um, yeah. So maybe your rolling right games yeah. aren't, aren't $15 games. You know, maybe they're 20 or $25 games and they have tiles instead of cards, but like, no, no. Like, I mean, I want to make, I want to make the games like cheap and affordable. Like I don't want to charge more than 19 bucks for a game. Like I feel pretty confident about that. Um, but so that said thinking about, um, so let's, if let's say I charge 19 bucks for the game, right? Yep. What do I charge for the print and play? As they say, the full color print and play. Like they always say, like the full, like, like, no, I'm going to give you like a cruddy, like, you know, like black and white version of the game. I don't know. Anyways, people always, when they first started selling those, people try to be real excited about it. But like, I was trying to figure out like, what's the price for this? Like $4.99? I was going to say like Like, $5.95 or like $7.95, depending on what it is. I would, I would probably do five bucks that I think that feels like an easy, like number, like five bucks like i'm talking about on kickstarter like after the fact i could charge 4.99 for it then right um because you know i mean it's that yeah, sells well, better but on it, kickstarter it has to be taking your 10 your 10 out so you're really you know that'd be 450 or four dollars by the end of the processing fees and all that but to me if i if i pretend that artwork and printing and all that only cares about the physical copies, then basically any profit that I make on the print and play is profit, right? I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. Once it's because, done, it's, yeah. it's done. It, I mean, paying the fees to whoever's hosting it or whatever costs you have there. But um, yeah, sure. And, and really your margins are going to be like on par with copies that you would sell to distribution, you know, like if, if it's a $20 game, right, right. you're selling them for 10, you're making, you know, by the time whoever's selling them for you takes their cut, you're making, you know, two or $3 a copy, uh, and your investment back. So, um, if you're making two or three copies, dollars a copy, um, the difference is people aren't going to find it on a store shelf and pick it up. Um, as much as they'll have to be, you'll have to be in their face on the internet with it coming out with games regularly. Uh, maybe the Patreon route, maybe the, um, uh, I don't know, offering discounts on the other games when you have a new game out on Kickstarter. Um, just, you know, uh, social media advertising, all those things to keep the game in front of people, contests, those kind of things, whatever, which is a lot of work. Right, but I would rather do that than go the traditional distribution route for sure. Okay. Because I would just that, you know what I mean, that sounds more appealing to me than going the traditional distribution route and like trying to get it out to distributors and stuff. I don't know. That's just Well, the other I, thing I don't know that that's what I want to do. 
Yeah, the other the other thing is to go the route of like Tim Fowers games, and he he for a long time I don't know if he still is or not, but he 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 made like uh, those the deck building games uh, the words uh, hardback and paperback. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He made Walkstar. He only sells direct, um, like at conventions and through his website, like and a few things that he had deals with, you know, prior. But like, um, so he's selling. He only sells his games at full retail because he like he says, "Hey, if uh, I believe in these games enough, people people want them. They're gonna come find them and they're gonna come to me and get them." Um, right, right. No, so I, like, I see that. Yeah, yeah. So that way he doesn't mess with distribution. He just has a fulfillment warehouse. I think that he, he ships stuff out of or whatever. Somebody ships for him, but um, yeah. So that's a thing. And I have so a nice like free advertising tool <laughs> that I use yeah. every week. Yeah, totally. Um, to totally. talk about the process, you know what I mean. That that doesn't hurt. So everybody sure. tweet at Jason if you'd buy his uh, games. Uh, how much you pay for his print and play roll and write games? Or random and write games. Uh, wh- or would you rather have a box too? Some market research going on for you. What would you pay for both? Like, would you buy the combo deal where you got both? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't care about both. But no. yeah, I've neither heard- would I. But I have I- seen that before where, like, if you buy the full version, as soon as the Kickstarter's over and we're ready, I will send you the print and play version. Like, yeah. Some people get jazzed about that because they're like, whoa, as soon as the Kickstarter's done, I can just have this. Awesome. Totally. Yeah, I uh, I've offered that. Um, I've never once printed and constructed one of those games that I got that way. I just waited for the game to come. Um, but I'm not everybody, so. No, we're both super super lazy people. Let's be honest. Yeah, totally. Slackers. How do we even get anything done? I don't know. So. All right. Well, hey, this was a really good discussion, and I uh, I don't think we're going to pitch a game tonight because we are pretty close to out of time. We did so, it. Eh? Is there is there anything else you want to bring up or anything before we before we call it a day? I guess I I guess the, my main thing I'm thinking about for you is like what kind of work do you want to do as a publisher? Do you? My my gut says you want to continue focusing focusing focusing. <laughs> Always. Um, on the on the games on making games and i know I do, you i do i know you love like working with art too like i know you get geeked when you see the art that you the you i do i was showing you some art at the yeah. beginning of this call for yeah. an upcoming game that i'm doing i was really excited about totally totally um so with that like um you're still gonna do that in both you know, you're going to have to manage the project, make the game, test the game. Um, there's a sense of like, you're also pretty good at like just talking about your games, you know, on the podcast and like relating to people. Um, it, it feels like once it's done and in print and play mode, like if it's done, like um, you can do what you do best and focus on the next game. And focus on like talking about the games, right? And promoting the games. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to print them uh, traditionally or hand assemble them, a lot of your creative time is going to go towards sorting things and packing things or yeah, back and, and that forth communication awful. with printers, figuring out processes, learning about international shipping. Um, learning about customs fees, like figuring out where you're going to have to store them, 
Uh, we just came out of six months with no conventions. So like, you know, what's the future look like for moving the access games you don't sell? Yeah, yeah. And um, I would certainly, if I was going to sell at conventions, I would absolutely target grand con size conventions like totally. origins would be well, out of my league i would be I, like well i found that those oh. are best for me those were always the best ones for me too because like there's less competition you know there's you know one tenth of the vendors so everybody sees me and they're excited right, to be right. there buying games anyway stuff yeah. like geekway and grand con uh, and you con. have games that are priced right for those people who are like oh maybe i want to buy some games today like oh look i could buy yeah. Maybe the salesman's awesome and they could sell me one of every single thing they own. Totally. Like, that I would like be that. pretty cool, you know? Yeah, or like they spent 20 bucks because like, hey, let's grab this and we'll try it at the hotel later, you know? like Right. Yep, yep. Kind of and your thing. games all look super accessible with that. So, yeah, that helps. Yeah. Um. So, like, that's the kind of, like, soul searching I think that is important to do uh, for you. Like, uh, the idea of becoming a publisher is is awesome. And, like, it does raise your platform in a lot of ways. Um, but, like, it's it's a whole new door you have to open to learn the ropes. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And, I, I mean, I feel like the one advantage I have is that I'm friends with quite a few small publishers who I've yeah. worked with for the years. You know, especially yeah, I've done a lot working with you. So, like, getting to see behind the scenes of how this stuff works and getting to see where you're, like this part sucks and be like, maybe I just won't do that part then. Like, right. Like maybe right. I'll like, right. try to do this, uh, this a different way. And, well, like, and I, I do want to make sure that I'm focused most on designing for sure. But like you said, yeah, I mean, I get geeked in making like the smaller games to where like we could do artwork for them and stuff. And, you know, making sure these random or right games are smaller. They don't need a ton of artwork. Right. Yeah. Um, and also I think every day game I did, I would probably co-design with someone um, because like I want to publish games that I'm excited about doing, but I also want to publish games that I'm designing, like, because I like to design And the day that I start publishing games that I'm not working on. That means that I'm just a publisher <laughs> and right, I'm not, right. like, I know that that's the thing, right? Like that's happened to you and a lot of other designers I know where like you're designing, you're designing, you're designing, now you're publishing and you're going to design too, but Actually, I have this business to run, so I'm going to have to design less, right? Yeah, and right. I don't want to let myself fall into that because designing is what my passion is. So I, I just I got to stick with that, you know? Yeah, I, th I think um, I think that that's what sounds good about the print and play side of it for you is that like you're going to get a game out there. You're going to ship it in a sense to the, the, the print and play world and it's out there and you're done with it you don't have to worry about how you're gonna have to sell the 1500 copies you have right. sitting around i'm just gonna have it on the website and yeah. whenever somebody buys it bonus and then like if word gets out there and people like the games uh then maybe you say oh well like hey we made these 10 games and these three people really loved i'm gonna go to kickstarter now and do deluxe versions of these games um at right once. right you know and right. like, or even like a like a combo of like here's six games that i've done I'm going to put them all in one box, right? Yeah. Like, and you yeah. can pack this and get all the physicals. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get you've it. tested it. You've tested the market, especially if you have a name, like, you know, like the random and right thing. You could, you could kind of play around with it as like a world where they're all, like the themes are all connected. So that way it doesn't feel like an awkward thing if you want to put them together later on and make it like a variety pack. But the trick there That's is, yeah. the trick there is if you're doing co-designers, you have to pay them royalties. And if you're selling a box that has three games with four different designers in it, um, you have to pay them all their royalties based on, you know, whatever, right, right. you know, so like, that's just another side of it of, of like, oh, you have to, you have to do that now. So I plan on just 
pretending I was going to pay them and not paying them. Like that was my big thing with it. Oh yeah. You know? Okay. Is that okay. not cool? Is that no, yeah. no, but I want to do creative. I want to do creative things, right? Like, like, you know, the one game I'm working on with an artist, um, because I like the artist style and oh, totally. they like my game and we were able to save tons of money by just partnering and splitting profits. Right. Like, so that I don't have to go pay a bunch of money for arts instead. Yeah. Uh, I can just lose money later. Like, to paying the artist right like you know basically cutting the profits in half and splitting it right right um you know but it what it does is it lets me get the game out there and then in the end sure i'm gonna make less money but i don't care i want to get the game out there you know so yeah yeah cool well i hope this was helpful this was super helpful and this was fun i hope that it was helpful for the listeners because it was uh yeah it was a really fun conversation and i felt like it i think we 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 uh we strained a little bit last time trying to explain some of it. And this time it just felt like felt like we were on the same page a little more and it felt good. So, yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, hey, builders, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Call us at 770-HOTEL-BTG. Find us on the Twitter at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerland, at Jason Katarski, at Green Couch Games. Also find us on iTunes and all those other places and Facebook and whatever. And until next time, a good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.